What's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Peter Bolden. And I'm Dr. Craig Spodek, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Simply the best podcast in dentistry designed to help you maximize your practice and your life through four pillars of success. Leadership, team culture, marketing, and financial freedom, and everything in between. Now, let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dr. Peter Bolden. We have Craig Spodak with us, and we are super excited. We got a big deal, a big name on the podcast today. Mike Michalowicz, author of, yeah, look at him looking around. I'm looking for the big name. <laughs> author exactly. of like four best-selling books, two that Seven. I know very well, Clockwork and uh, Profit First. And I know, Mike, you've got a new one coming out, Fix This Next, right? Yes. Um, the Pumpkin Patch. You know, you've done so many TEDx talks. I think a lot of dentists actually are very familiar with your name. Um, and I know you've been on some dental podcasts before or maybe a dental podcast to my recollection. I could be mixing that, but um, I'd love to see kind of new concepts and kind of opening this up. So without further ado, welcome, welcome to the show. And thanks for agreeing to uh, enlighten our listeners. Uh, it's a joy being here, Peter. Craig, thank you both you guys for having me. Yeah, yeah. So, I just want to just want to add a correction. It's five books, correct, Mike? Well, I want to add a correction to that. It's actually six. No wow. way! You got to update yeah, so your Wikipedia it, it, page. So it, here, I have my marketing tree right there. So, what's so the cadence? See. Is it like one a year? One every yeah, two years? One every year and a half is the cadence. And I'm I'm writing a new one now. I just got my publisher just hired me to write it. And come so out. we are we are book authors as well, Mike. We have a book, and we recognize now what a lost leader trying to be sell books is <laughs> for some, for, it's, it works okay for me it's, it's not a lost leader right because you sell millions and we sold eight <laughs> no we sold nine peter we sold nine aunt bessie bought the but copy someone's too. mother sneaking in yeah, 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 was, yeah my mother Greg's mother bought, bought a copy and her whole canaster club too she, her whole oh, club. That helps. Yeah. um so anyway yeah so obviously a plethora of things we can discuss as I was saying before the call, maybe something we can focus on is that resonated with me. And I heard you doing a TEDx talk and it was talking about, you know, don't try to beat business and be different, right? The best way to excel in business is just be different. Um, yeah. You know, different processes, you know, differentiate yourself, I think was the, was the theme. Um, and I know you're kind of in, in the middle of, you, you know, you have a, you had a spreadsheet earlier and you're kind of in that process. Yeah. Now. Yeah. It's so funny. So as I'm working my new book, this just, it's called Dib or Different is Better Experiments. Right. And I have businesses testing out this methodology for inclusion in the book. How so did you I, come to that thesis, if you don't mind me asking? Like, yeah, so, well, I just put these, these ridiculous uh, challenges in front of myself. I shouldn't say challenges, questions. And they come from my readership. Like, people say, like, is there a way to become permanently profitable? And I'm like, I think there is. Like, how is it? And that's, that's how Profit First came about, in part. But, mm -hmm. And honestly, I needed it too. I needed to drive profit in my business. With, with this one, I said, you know, is there a way to outmarket the competition, like a, a guaranteed way that my marketing will supplant any competition and just win every time? And um, if, if that thought is true, how does it work? So I looked into the mechanics of it. My side passion is uh, behavioral psychology, just kind of how our brain operates. I think if we understand our brain, we, can, we understand ourselves. Yeah. So what I found is there's this thing called the reticular formation that the top of the brain stem and 
on the, it's like a net. It's like a neural net. It's, it's literally a net and it's actually figuratively a net too because its primary job function or one of the primary job functions, as inputs come in, all these different things, these things we see in here, its job is to ignore everything that can be ignored. Its primary function is to disregard. So when like right now, we could all be analyzing thousands of things that are in front of us. If you just look at the desk you're at, there's hundreds of things. You can just look at a piece of paper and start inquiring like, how's paper made and what's this? And what, what does each letter mean? Why are these shapes the way that they are? And our brain could just keep on going and going. So therefore to avoid that distraction, um, our brain is designed to ignore most things. That net also though is trained that when something is trained is designed, when something is different and not recognizable to give it attention so that we can qualify it to ensure that's not a threat. Like if something starts squiggling on your desk real quick, it's not like you're like, Oh, ignore that. Your brain will say, Oh shit, there's a snake on the desk. Um, or, or maybe, um, it's just that you, you, your mouse dropped off your desk and the, the wire swinging back and forth. So it prioritizes this to then analyze it as a threat or is it something that can be ignored? Or sometimes it's an opportunity, something of value for us. So in our marketing, we can do three very specific steps to guarantee attention to the customer, to draw their attention, meaning they want, they desire it, and then direct them to do what we desire them to do, which is buy from us or give us their information or something like that. Yeah, that's interesting. Is that part of like, cause I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins. Um, yeah. Um, teachings and he talks about the reticular activating system so it's like when you look when you're looking for like a, a toyota highlander you never notice there was toyota highlanders everywhere but the minute you start looking into everywhere you look you see mm -hmm. that is that part of the same neural similar so the reticular activating system is part of the reticular formation but the reticular activating system is something that assigns significance so once you own that toyota it's significant and therefore uh you'll start noticing it more often Got it. The reticular formation in its entirety, though, is actually about ignoring. It's about not noticing the Toyota yeah. Highlander. So the reticular formation is all those other cars that you don't own. It's designed to ignore them because they're not significant. Understood. So it's, it's very similar. It's part of the same system. It just has this other function. Which so is genius uh, because it's like the calories. You know, the human body consumes survivor, so yeah. much calories. Yeah, yeah, survival mechanism. Just, yeah. It, it's not worth the calories to notice everything. But what's interesting too is it's, uh, it's pliable, this reticular formation, meaning that it very quickly adjusts and adopts to new standards. So the very, very first time you got an email, marketing email, it was like, whoa, what is this? Like, and it's our like mind- a present. It's a present for me. Right? It's a present. It's a present of annoyance. <laughs> yeah. And now the reticular formation very quickly associates that is it's a distraction, it's burning calories, it's wasteful, ignore this. So the second email and the third email got blanked out. And that's why email marketing very quickly becomes an ineffective tool. And Definitely. then there's a new shiny object where it's like, oh, TikTok, TikTok will work. It will work until the reticular formation adjusts to it and it won't work. So our brain is constantly getting more efficient, ignoring things. So the key to marketing is to be different and to be the first doing that different thing. Now, the beautiful thing is you don't have to reinvent. Can you give an example? Because I was trying to extrapolate this into like my own dental practice. Thank you. Oh, totally. We, we do do dental. I just called a gym to do this. I was walking down our street here. I'm, I'm in a town where uh, it's, it's a classic Main Street USA. One, you know, long road with all these buildings. 
and they're all storefronts. About three gyms have moved in here and they are, gyms kind of a loose word. They're more like fitness centers because they're, they're former storefronts. And they have the before and after pictures, you know, schlubby guy, ripped guy, schlubby woman, ripped woman. And it's all their clients. And they say, you know, we can do this for you. The reticular formation realizes that all these stores are doing the same thing. So it's actually noise. You kind of walk by and you ignore it because it's all the same. So I said, well, what would be different? That's the first step of this process. What's unexpected, that squiggling snake in the grass. And then we'll do the next step. It can't be a threat. It has to be attractive. So I said, well, what if we took an idea from other industries? And that's one key way to do this. Look at what other industries do and take it. And in this case, I was like, you know, those carnivals you go to the fun house where you, you walk up and there's a mirror and you're squat and schlubby. And then there's a picture like you're an alien. There's one you're tall and ripped. Like, why don't we get these fun house mirrors and put them in? And then let's get one that makes the person look squat and put before on it. And then have one that makes them look lean and put after on it. Put that in your window, and I guarantee, because that's different, you yeah. walk by, you see a mirror of yourself, you have to pay attention. That's a, that is a genius. That's funny. That would but, be, yeah. Okay, so so be here's the shocking part. I told gyms, I said, I'll, I'll, I'll give any gym that's interested, I'll give you a way to market yourself better than any other gym in your area, because it's different. Who wants in? And you know, 50 gyms email me like, oh, I'll do anything. What is it? Tell me how to stand out. I told them that idea. And um, of them, three said, I got to pay like a couple hundred dollars for mirrors. I'm like, yeah, and like, we'll, we'll do it. Of the three, two of them have reasons they can't do it. I don't have enough time. They're not doing it. One gym is doing it. Tell me they did. Here's what's yes. so interesting. Good. The challenge of different, when, when we propose doing something different, there is a fear trigger for us because different means you are no longer part of the safe. ordinary tribe. Yeah. It's a form of rejection. It's not safe. Yeah. The other part of our brain, like if, if I took a hammer and smashed my finger, that's excruciating pain. Therefore, I don't smash hammers on my finger. There's another pain that's just as severe, even though it's not a physical pain, it is a network or it's a pain uh, of association. Is if my friends in my community rejects me, that pain is the same as smashing my finger with a hammer. Now, not a physical pain, but that sense. So therefore, we avoid being different because we'll get rejected. So even though there's these simple ideas out there that we could do, most of us will never do it because we're afraid of getting rejected. And that's another reason why different works because the ones that do have the courage to do it, stand out, get noticed, and they may get rejected by their tribe. All the other gyms are like, are you crazy? You can't do that. But there's a new tribe, the customers who'll say, wow, that speaks to me. And it won't be, you won't bat a hundred percent, right? If you're trying no. to do different, sometimes you have to kind of put things in, in, a, in, in, in beta, if you well, at least, at least you get noticed. So, I mean, half of marketing is just being noticed. You know? Yeah. Some, some of the stuff will fail. Like th that thing maybe fail. So it's funny. So this, this, these sheets I've been making, they're called a uh, dib or different is better experiment sheets because they're experiments. And we outline this program. And the very last step is the test the mm -hmm. we call it the dad test, different attract direct. And we're equating it. I'm equating it to like venture capital. If, I, if I'm a venture capitalist and I start businesses and say I start 10 businesses, I know eight are going to fail. One's going to be you know, marginal, but one's going to be the home run. Yep. I just don't know which one it is. Yep. The only way is to make those 10 investments. So the key here to do these different tests is to do at a minimal cost, minimal risk and exposure, minimal time, but just to see if it catches on. Once it does catch on, 
then we amplify it. We go all in on it. If it doesn't catch on, you abandon it and say, well, that's not the one. Let me try the next. I love that you're kind of mentioning this, especially in the context of dentistry, because Craig and I see so many times the way the dentist will compete now is, oh, your crown is $900. Well, I'll do it for $850. And it's a race to the bottom. It's a race to the bottom, right? Or because there's really nothing that differentiates, you know, and people think, well, we're just dentists, right? And, and, and that kind of like, you know, my brain shrieks out like, no, that's not the case because you can create whatever experience you want. So competing on price is like just literally in, in my mind and you can, is, is, is a recipe for disaster. It's the worst. It's the worst. Um, it's the race to the bottom. So what I challenge businesses to do is to look at their, the, the fringe things they do. Everyone does a crown, but um, what are the fringe things you do? Maybe you have like this extreme focus on sterilization. We do Botox, you know, like some, some dentists are doing Botox now. Oh, yes. And maybe you may have unique offers. Yeah. Um, and then you match that unique offer or benefit you derive to a unique person. So say, you know, who wants Botox? Well, you can say every man and woman with a wrinkle, that's generic. You can say maybe it's, um, you know, um, I don't know, uh, to, to, uh, Instagram, Instagram um, celebrities. Fluent, yeah, influencer, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, or in, Instagram influencers. Now with you, that category, now you really cater in and say, all right, Botox for Instagram, how can I really amplify that up and market it to it, that community? Now you speak mm-hmm. to a specific community and it, it resonates. I'll give you another example because this is one we just did yesterday. I just grabbed a random object and I challenge anyone listening in right now, do the same. This is a calculator here. It's a Casio calculator. It sells for $3 at Staples or you can get it on Amazon for $2.99. Um, and I said, how, how can we sell it for 50 bucks? Um, well, you, you can't sell it on features and benefits. You got to sell it on the fringe. And so you start examining this. And when we look at feature benefits, like it's small, it's got buttons. When you look at the fringe, you're like, um, okay, it has a, a silver mechanism that has, is a little bit reflective. Um, you can actually leave a thumbprint on this thing, um, has no batteries, it's solar, um, has no GPS integrated, it's very simple. We're like, oh, this is a survival tool. If you're someone that goes out in the woods and doesn't want to be tracked, this is the thing to bring with you. Don't bring a cell phone. And one of the most important things survivalists need is to calculate um, measurements and stuff. Um, hyperthermia is a big risk. Can you calculate how much time you need to build a shelter? Um, this is the ultimate survival tool. This is worth $50. Yeah. You can see by repositioning it for a specific community, you start going into the fringe features and now it becomes much more valuable. The reason there's a race to the bottom on pricing is we're going generic. Anyone that needs a crown. Anyone, I'm the right? cheapest. Come one, come all. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. We hope everyone is getting massive value from listening to this podcast. If you are... We're going to ask a couple things in return. First, review us on iTunes. If you don't know how to do that, the easiest way is to pick up your phone, open the podcast app, click on the album art, and then scroll all the way through the episodes, and you'll see review at the bottom. Go ahead and bang out the stars that we deserve. Second thing, if you haven't signed up for our text uh, list to get notified of special offers or the next summit or whatever it may be, uh, make sure to text the words bulletproof to 33777. That's 33777 and the word is bulletproof. 
Third thing is we've got the book, as most of you all know, but we've also got the Audible version that Dr. Spodak spent three days in studio, and it was an arduous task, and he crushed it. He really should be an Audible book episode. That's it, everyone. Hope you're having a great day, and we'll see you soon. So I would, I would, listening to what you say, saying, I would say that you ascribe to the the riches are in the niches kind of philosophy, right? No question. Okay. And you build a reputation of excellence. Yep. You know, it's funny. I I I talked with an accountant who uh, recently, and she said, um, "Oh, I, I cater exclusively to authors." I'm like, "Oh my god, <laughs> you're for me. You get me." She's like, "Yeah." <laughs> Um, and she knew the terminology. Like once you cater to a niche too, you start to learn the terminology. Uh-huh. So she knew of uh, you know print cycles, distribution chains. Um, she knew the lingo of the industry. She knew what an AMS was and the the uh, ACX and why ACX yeah. is is really becoming the new. We platform. dentists fall for the same dental CPAs too. Like oh, totally. you're just for dentist, and we get googly eyed about it. Yeah, they're like, you have a Cerex? She knows what a Cerex is. My gosh, oh my God. Be great. They speak my language. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you that that is part of the reticular formation. So the reticular formation qualifies people too on the smallest amount of elements that we can build trust for them. Trust. I was just because if we have that. to if we have to understand everyone's whole life, it'll take too long. We look for most commonly commonality. If you can speak the same language I speak, I trust you more. Because uh, that means you know my industry. And chances are you do know something better that will serve me. And honestly, that CPA probably knows 2 or 3% more things than your regular CPA. But that 2 or 3% can be a game changer. Mm-hmm. So that's why niche specialization does serve us. And, and by the way, we do know what ACX is. It's the audible portion of your book, correct? Well done. Because well, I, I, I dictated. You, I, I, I want you to be my dentist. I did not know what that was. Yeah, exactly. But I dictated this painful you know, it was the most painful product uh, process to actually read the book. I'm like, I'll bang that out in like three hours. No big deal. It's like, bring your energy up, like clear your throat. Did you have milk this oh, morning? Oh yeah. 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 So bring difficult. the A game. You got to bring the A game. I just want to touch on something. I love the mission to eradicate entrepreneurial, uh, entre- entrepreneurship right poverty. And I, I think it's great mm, to have I that. Like why? That. And, and okay. one of the things I was fascinated, I, I hope it's still applicable. I, well, I, 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 don't hope it's still uh, true, but is it true still that 83% of businesses are not profitable? Is that an old statistic or it's probably even more? No, 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 sadly it's not. It was produced by U.S. Bank, so it's very Googleable, um, and they refreshed the analysis in the last year or two um, as 83% of businesses. And my suspicion is actually the number of businesses that are not profitable is increasing because there's a lot of people going into entrepreneurship now, not because they want to, because they have to, and they were really ill-prepared. And COVID hasn't helped. But the the problem too in dentistry, by the way, Mike, is that um, most dentists don't understand their numbers, number one, and they also don't ever pay themselves. Um, You know, you talk about, you know, in Profits First, I always like putting the profit at the top of the P&L and not gap, you know, generally accepted principles. I was reading about that. But like in dentistry, if you have a million dollar business, they will tell you that their profit's 40% or 35% because they don't pay themselves to do the dental work in their dental practice. So I was like, well, what do you pay yourself to produce $500,000? Nothing. I'm like, well, you come work for me. I'd love to have an associate that works right. for free. So we're, we're even convoluted in the fact that we don't generally agree in dentistry that your work deserves a portion of your, uh, a segment on your P&L. There, so, there's two roles 
there's two roles we serve as a dentist. Role one is we're an employee of our own company. And if, 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 if I left the business and I had to hire someone to replace me to do every step I'm doing, what would I pay them? That's your normalized salary. That's the salary you need to be paid. We also are a business owner. And a business owner is someone that's taking risks to start an organization with the intent of organizing resources to make that vision fulfilled. That's an investor. Like I own stock in Ford and um, Ford sends a distribution check every quarter and I don't get the distribution check and say, I got to run down to Ford factory now and start earning this. Um, I simply say, thank you, Ford. I took a risk. So we've done two things. We've taken a risk. We're a shareholder in a small business, which is we're providing and stimulating our local, even global economy, jobs, vendors. Uh, you know, you're buying those crowns from someone, you're paying them. You get rewarded for that. That's what the profit distribution is, a thank you check every quarter. You also get a salary. And if we don't distinguish those, it, it's a real nightmare because then we start playing funny money. Oh, 40% profit, but I make nothing. That sounds very right. And we hear that all the Yeah, it's true. So, so talk to me about the mission and why entrepreneur, entrepreneurship profit was so important to you and what, what had you reach that? Was it because? Oh, well, my own, my own journey. You know, I, I think um, trauma, if that's the right use of the word, is, uh, is a great birthing place for life's missions. Yes. So I, I owned a couple companies, big fat ego. Um, I was, you know, I grew companies. They were multi-million dollar businesses. I was never profitable. I was never making money. Um, they were acquired and I'm like, look how great I am. Um, then I started a third business saying, well, I got the formula figured out, just pump and dump these businesses and I'll get rich. And my third business was a calamity as an angel investor. Uh, I started 10 businesses, uh, but all of them failed because I had no clue what I was doing. And uh, I evaporated all my wealth, everything. I, I lost my home over this. I lost everything. And um, I just didn't lose my family. I came home to my family to tell them we're going to lose our house. We lost it 30 days later, our cars, our possessions. Um, I was liquidating to, I didn't bank to commit or do bankruptcy. I, I liquidated. And I told my daughter, I said, I can't, I can't pay for your horseback riding lessons, which was like 20 bucks a session for a group. And I said, saying this, I'm crying. I'm so ashamed. Mm. She's crying. She runs away from the table. She's nine years old at the time. And I thought she was running away from me. She ran to her bedroom to grab her piggy bank and she ran back. And I'll, I'll never forget this. She goes, uh, daddy, she goes, um, since you can no longer be our provider, I, I promise I will be. Oh, and uh, that's, Oh God, talk about it. Talk about a knife to the heart. Oh, oh it was a, a gut punch. Yeah. I was, I was so ashamed of who I was as proud of her. It's a weird mix of emotions. And that became the seed for like, I will never, never struggle financially again in my business and I will never allow anyone to struggle. And one last element, it wasn't like the next morning I woke up and said, hallelujah. Uh, next morning I started boozing hard. Mm -hmm. uh, I was medicating with booze and uh, insomnia. I struggled with depression, self-diagnosed. I never even went to a therapist, which was a stupid move um, for about two years, functional depression. Mm -hmm. But it did become the seedling for investigating. I started writing and studying and I developed Profit First for myself now 12 years ago, I think, specifically because I needed something. And um, I've had now 12 years of quarterly profit distributions, like 40, I think it's about 46 quarterly profit distributions on top of the salary. It's Do been a life still, changer. Are you still psychologically fearful of that, right? Meaning Craig and I talk about these instances in our lives where we keep our foot on the gas because we want to get so damn far away from that scar that we remember. And your scar is, you know, your dog, you know, that, that, at that time period, 
do you still do you still sometimes envision like oh no it could happen again oh you know? yeah 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 but I, i'm so busy that I, I don't if i sat around i would i would lament in that fear right. I, I know it can happen again i just see it happen to entrepreneurs every day just before we did this i had a call with an entrepreneur who's going through that and uh every time i feel the pain and i'm like we are not going to struggle anymore we're getting profitability mm -hmm. in your business and so I feel it every day through other folks that are experiencing it and I'm so compelled to fix it that I'm not worrying so much about it recurring for me, but I know it can, I know it can. Well, I mean, it's all, it's all about intentionality, you know I mean? And the way most businesses run, I was fascinated with the, with the concepts and profit first and the plate analogy and, and, and the, the gap and, you know, generally accepted principles. It's like, Hey, I wonder what our profit's going to be. I wonder. I wonder, you know, oh, surprise, it's not great. Surprise, it's good. <laughs> right. And it's, it's such a lagging, you know, and like, what did I do four months ago to make it good? Or what did I do three months ago? It's it's very interesting concept to put the intentionality of like, this is going to be a 20% profit business. And you will, you know, when you, we all do it, when our account swells, we feel rich and we spend more money. Just the, exactly. your plate analogy was fantastic. You had said George Washington was ripped you know, in one of your podcasts, he was ripped, not because, you know, he was working out every day. It's because back in that day in the 1700s, the plates were like really small. Yeah. And the larger your plate, the more shit you'll put in and you'll eat all that shit. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so there's those constraints. And so the bank account, right. One big bank account for our business, which most businesses do, it's a full plate. And so we look at it like, oh my gosh, my business can feast. And it does. <laughs> but what we do now is we just have multiple small plates. And I what happens is new equipment. In, you pre-allocate it to its intended use. And you know, a cer certain portion is for the operation of your business. A certain portion, I know some dentists, it, it blows my mind. They're like, I had all this money. So I bought this new piece of equipment. It's a, it's a lightener, brightener. Right. I had to buy it. And it just sits in the corner, destroying them. So now we can set an account specifically for that saying, you know, buy your new shit with, with this money and only when the money's in there, can you buy it? So we start being constrained on where we can spend money and it's very clear on what the money's intended use is. Uh, it's a genius concept and why is it, it seems so in your, so, so simple. It should and be taught in like grade school, right? It like, should be. Yeah. That's my hope. Well, that's my intention. I, I, I'm going to probably at some point write the book. So it can be taught in grade school. Um, and, and, and let me be clear. It's not like I invented something brand new here. This existed. There's books like richest man in Babylon, think and grow rich. Mm -hmm. They all talk about the pay yourself first principle. That's what this is. I'm just the guy who says it applies to business too. Yeah. But pay yourself first never resonated for me. Yeah. It never resonated for me right. because what does that mean? pay right. yourself yeah. first. I'm making plenty of money. So, so I think what happens in entrepreneurs is that they, they think of themselves and they conflate the business and themselves. Yeah. I'm making a lot of money. I do not need to protect the house. I am good. I'm making the money that I want to make. Let the business run on fumes. But you have a responsibility, especially if you employ people, you have a responsibility to protect the house, protect the business, because that's what keeps the, the, the thing flowing. So yeah. in my world, I conflate the two. I'm like, no, don't worry. The business doesn't have to do well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. Mike, I've got important. a funny story. I know you have, a, you have a hard stop and I appreciate your time, but I've got a funny story I want to share with you. Um, so I bought your, and Craig, you're going to enjoy this too, because we utilize this, this platform now. I bought your book, um, Clockwork. And, and in my email box, it said, there's a message from Mike. I was like, yeah, right. Like the author sent me a message, right? I opened it up and you sent me a bonjoro, right? A video message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you literally like, Hey Pete, just check, you know, thanks for buying my book. You know, to make sure to check out these other projects. Hope you have a great day. 
And I bet I watched that thing 12 times because I was like, <laughs> no way that he just said me. And I was like, how is he doing this fake. at scale? And it was the most impactful piece of marketing that I had ever experienced. Oh, thank you, brother. That's and it took, and, and so it, it made me, I went down the, the wormhole of the Bonjour and we use it, you know, for the people that use some of our stuff, like our summits and our conferences. And it's yeah. a great way to touch Powerful. people and say, thank you. Right. Um, so much so that I'm actually in beta for developing something that's an extrapolation of that into dentistry. Cause it's just so amazing. Right. Um, so I just wanted to, we just wanted to Thank say you. that your 12 second video has, has spawned a lot of stuff and maybe even an analog product of Thank you. dentistry. Thank you, so thanks for the exposure to that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. You know, it's rooted in the principle of different is better. Like yep. if everyone sends out a video, no one will notice, but everyone sends out an email, no one sends a video. So that's why I started doing it. And yeah, so an investment of 30 seconds, uh, but the return, it can be extraordinary. Because yeah. it's different. It attracts people like, oh my God, it's specific to me. If and you say um, different and specialized to you and you say the most favorite word in the English language, which is my name person. for me, Craig's name for him, Mike's yeah. name for you. You know, it's, it's you yeah. say that. And so it just, it, it, anyway, it's just really cool. And I'm obsessed with marketing and things like that. And uh, so when I got that, I was like, holy cow, what is this magic he just sprayed? You know, <laughs> I need to do this. this. I need to do this sorcery. Um, awesome. Well, anyway, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you probably have another call, you know, and you're, you're talking to folks all day long. Craig, do you have anything in closing? Yeah, I just want to um, give a promotion for your brand new book, Fix This Next, um, which is already a Wall Street Journal bestseller. Um, it basically talks about what you need to do. What's the, what's the change you need to make in your business? Is that correct, Mike? Yeah, there's, there's so many apparent things. There's so many obvious things we can do. So we just do the next obvious thing. At any given time, though, there's only one thing, most important thing, your business Focus needs for you. The question is, what is it? Yeah. So this is a compass. It, it'll pinpoint, within just minutes, it'll pinpoint, this is what you got to work on next to really move your business forward permanently. Well, That's and awesome. Mike, if you haven't done the Audible, Craig loves doing books, reading books. I heard, so I heard. Yeah. So I, I'm he's, thinking he's available maybe, to uh, read yeah. your book if you haven't done it. You'll be my professional reader, Craig. <laughs> That'll be great. That'll be great. Mike, thanks so much for your time. Just, you're, thanks, you, I learned so much and really appreciate your time, pal. All right. Be well, guys. Thank you. Take care. Take care.